The following podcast is a production of Desray Media. Pew Pew. Greetings, true believers. It's Trent right here from Death Ray Media. We have got something, uh, again, still pulling from the whale from the 2016 Salt Lake Comic Con panel discussion on Batman the Killing Joke, juxtaposing the graphic novel to the film, and a lot of Batman talk in general as well. If you haven't seen the, well, if you haven't read or seen uh, the, the graphic novel and animated film, there's going to be some spoilers, so just know that that's coming. Also, this panel does discuss about some uh, disturbing and adult topics that are covered in the adaptation into the animated film. So just know that uh, if you got some sensitive listeners, may not be the best time to check this out. So that said, sit back, relax, and get ready to go to some of the darkest places the Batman has ever gone. Alright, so I'll hit for the killing joke, right? Yeah! There you go. There you go. That guy is for sure. I need yeah. that energy. I am really tired. Aww. I, you look really tired. Yeah, I've been selling your comics all day, man. So you're not you're not high. You're just tired no. from selling comics. Yeah, it's just it's comics. Yeah, that's what I always say too. It's the nerd's drug. There you go. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's go ahead and introduce everybody. I'm Charles. I'm with the Nerd Store and uh, co-host on Woo. Nerd Dome Podcast. Woo. Let's give a clap for Charles. Woo. Pass it on down the line. Um, I'm Jason. I'm from the Savage Land podcast, and that might be cool. Um, yeah, we're local podcast, fun thing. Yeah. Um, I'm Trent. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. 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 Jason, everybody. Yeah. Um, I'm Trent, and I am a podcaster and writer Woo. for the house that Kevin Smith built, Smodcast.com. What? I'm Andrew Malin. I'm the buyer at Dr. Volt's Comics. I also lecture comic book history at Salt Lake Community College. Ooh. We got a professor. I'm representing the ladies. I am Erin, a DC Doll local cosplayer. Yeah! And my name is Mike Tuiasoa. Friends call me Tui. I own Watchtower Cafe, the geekiest coffee shop in Salt Lake. The best coffee shop in Salt Lake. Thank yep. you, Jason. <laughs> Woo! Come on! Woo! And frequent appearance on uh, the Savage Land podcast. Yeah. Oh, and I'm also a co-panelist on uh, uh, Geek Parenting. What? Geek Parenting podcast. You just have a long list of credentials there, don't you? Um, I can keep going. I'm just making stuff up. He's I, cheating I, on I, me. I made everything up. I thought I thought you had a full full-on commitment to our podcast to appear once every five months. I will. I will do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. So we're all here for the Killing Joke. Killing Joke's a. I mean, it's. A, one of the top five, I'd say, Batman books. Top five? What, what, what are four above that? I said it's in, I, dude, they're all the same to me. <laughs> There's five number ones. Oh, they're all the same to you, huh? Yeah. You look yeah. at them and they all look the same, just from outside appearance. I mean, at this point. You're generalizing? I've seen a lot of comic books, man. <laughs> they all start to blur together at a certain point. Uh, so, no, Killing Joke for me is actually what got me into superhero comics. I, I took a backwards route. I, uh... I, I started with Crossed, and for those of you who are from that, something and you And you kept yeah. going? Yeah. <laughs> He's still here, folks. <laughs> Good on him. Crossed so is fantastic. It's frightening. It is frightening. That is very true. Um, no, I started with Crossed and Walking Dead, that type of stuff. I haven't been in comics that long, but I dove in. No, I mean, The Killing Joke was really what made me realize that superheroes could be, I mean, 
Batman could be darker, and that's really what cemented my love for the character of Batman. Uh, so I want to start off, why, why is Killing Joke important to all of you? Uh, should we start on my end this time, or should we start on the other end this time? Start with two. I wasn't here the we'll last time, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, last time, meaning like, it's barely two minutes ago. So uh, I, I was raised on Adam West Batman by my parents. Yeah. And um, I, I think I was around like 12 years old when, um, when Tim Burton's Batman came out in 1989. My dad took me on opening night. And before we went in, like, so I had read a lot of comics. I was just reading my friends' comics. They, they were just giving me their comics, and I would read them. Uh, my dad took me to a comic book shop on the way to go watch um, Michael Keaton Batman and uh, let me pick out a comic book. And I picked out The Killing Joke because the cover was cool. And that was, so that was the first comic book that I spent money on that I actually owned that was mine. And I was probably a little too young to be reading it, but I just, uh, I mean, that was, that was it for me. And I was like, Bat Church of Batman ever since. Nice. Yeah. That's like the best origin story ever. Well, and, and, I can't even come like, close to that. Can we yeah. just keep it going? Well, like, we shouldn't have started with Tui. I became a, I, I, um, I became a Joker fan more than a Batman fan, so I would yeah. seek out we'll comics that had the Joker in it. <laughs> we'll get into that. Because, and, then, oh, yeah. and then I learned to love Batman through the Joker. Nice. There's something psychological about you that that says, but uh, we'll, we'll circle cut back you. to it. <laughs> <laughs> Not you, no, just Jason. He, he's here to prove a point. Yeah. Um, I want to say I actually started with probably Batman's No Man's Land, and I just kind yeah. of wanted to learn more about the, best Batman, the Batman universe. I want to learn more about the Batman universe, and I went to a local comic book shop, and I'm like, what are some staple Batman stories? And they said, have you read The Killing Joke? I'm like, no. And they just handed it to me like, you're going to read this one. <laughs> and a story assignment. And, yeah, and I've like probably read it. I usually read it like once every six months. Was it a local store you went to? Yes. Was it one of the three represented on this panel? No. Oh. And wow. I don't go there anymore. Oh. <laughs> so I'm not wow, there. a breakup story. Yeah. <laughs> I like this. I, I love comic don't worry, book store I'm breakups. I'm going to Volts now. Oh, there. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's a good shop. Yeah. I like it. I mean, <laughs> I mean it's all right. Um, it's no nerd store or anything. <laughs> I, uh, I got introduced to the killing joke the same time I was introduced to the saga of Swamp Thing oh. on an airplane ride across the country where I got on when I was 12 years old and got off when I was 30. <laughs> <laughs> I grew a lot that trip. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, it was... It's when a lot of us got off. Yeah. <laughs> It was, uh, well, I, uh, my brother and I got to pick out two comics, and he picked out Saga Swamp Thing, and I picked out The Killing Joke, and... It's a it, lot of Alan Moore. It was a lot of Alan Moore, and at the time, <laughs> and I, had, age, I like had no idea. And like a lot of cynicism? Yeah, I had no idea who he was when I started, and okay. I got off the plane, and I had white streaks in my hair, <laughs> and... You were living under uh, a bridge somewhere. Yeah. And I was a lizard shaman, yeah. like Alan Moore by the end. <laughs> you were end. a wizard. Yeah. He was Gandalf. But it was, uh, I, like Tui, I was exposed to it at probably too early. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it helped shape my taste in comics for the future. Um, uh, so, <sighs> I'm trying to think. I didn't really get into Batman until Batman the Animated Series, when it yes. first yeah. came out, yes. right? So, like, 1994, when it came out. Um, and then uh, I, I got really into Batman. I went down in my brother's room in the basement, because when you're older, you get to sleep in the basement. 
Um, <laughs> yep, yep. And then when you're my feel. age, you're still there. It's yeah. weird. Yeah. <laughs> your mom's still making your meals, right? Thanks, yeah. mom. Yeah, that's great. I love it. I'm her baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I, gosh, I was probably 94. I, I was probably like same age, like 10, 12-ish. I don't know. Uh, read it. Just thought it was neat. Didn't really understand what I was reading. Um, because, and, and that's what I like about it, there's a lot of unsaid um, uh, implications in, in the graphic novel that leaves it up for interpretation. And so, and, and that's why it is so great to, to go back and revisit is, um, it means something completely different now to me than when I read it then. There you go, there you go. I, I, I can't live up to any of you. Um, <laughs> no, I, I know I look like the oldest person on this panel. Uh, however, uh, quite the opposite is true. Um, I, was, I was raised on the, the Batman the Animated Series. That was my first and nice. longest exposure to Batman. Um, far before I even knew what a comic book was, uh, Batman was what I knew from the Animated Series. Um, and I was just like constantly rewatching the VHS tapes growing up. Um, like Over the Edge, I have seen at least fifty-eight thousand <laughs> oh, times. So good. My favorite episode, especially because like like Nightwing appears in like maybe three or four episodes of that series, and I happen to have probably two of them: Old Wounds and Over the Edge were like the only. Paul um, Dini. Paul Dini, yeah, yep. amazing. Yeah. Um, those are, like the only episodes I had, and they were the two that feature Nightwing the most prominent prominently. Um, and I just got hooked, and that was like what I always loved, and just burned the crap out of those VHS tapes. <laughs> um, and so then, when I was uh, when I was like, let's see, I must have been like 13 or 14 at the time. I discovered comic books, um, and uh, and very quickly, I, I'm not gonna okay, I'm not gonna say which comic book I discovered first because it definitely shows exactly how young I am. Um, but, uh, but go ahead. No, no nope, shame. Nope. Man. <laughs> Walking Dead. That was my first one. Walking Dead. Yeah. So I'm still um. the, the first issue that I ever picked up when I was about, let's see, 12 years old was the last issue of Batman Hush. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. That's a that's great a good, one to pick up. That's a great one. No, great it one spoiled me. That one, and then immediately followed by Jeff Johns's uh, Teen Titans. It was issue number three where Kid Flash first appears. Blew my mind. Oh. Yeah, anyway, I digress. That's like the best run on Teen Titans in the history of the world. Um, anyway, I digress. Uh, Killing Joke, I picked up probably my second year into comics. So I was like 13 or 14 years old. Uh, totally blew my mind, and like watching like little, like the gimp from Pulp Fiction all of a sudden pop out <laughs> in the form of a midget. And like, I'm like, what is happening to Jim Gordon right now? I don't get this. And uh, no, it screwed me up. Um, but I, I really love it and, uh, and have probably bought it in like four different forms uh, since then because I keep either losing it or just like tearing the pages apart every time I burn through it and rip one too fast. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my origin. Sorry, that was really long. That was, it was good. It. it was good. It was good, though. It was good. I'm glad. It was a journey. <laughs> it was a hero's journey. <laughs> so before we get too much farther, I want to address kind of uh, the elephant in the room when it comes to the uh, movie adaptation. Yeah, that's right. We're going to go there. Batman uh, and Batgirl had sex. <laughs> that, there it is. Spoilers. Sorry. I mean, I, I assume everyone's seen it. How'd you, how'd you guys feel about that? Did it... Was it necessary? How did it affect the characters moving forward? It's kind of anyone can jump in on that one. Line or gonna... I don't know. I, I, I don't. It didn't. I don't think it needed to be in in the story. I mean, it's like I, I just have a I have an issue with um, some something like I, I kind of feel like Batman is asexual. 
In what are you way, talking about? Like, Vicky Vale, dude. No, that Bruce Wayne. Dude, Talia. Talia, Talia. yeah. <laughs> he, he knocked her up. She, yeah. she kind of raped him. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he did. yeah she Come did. on, he still wears the Bruce, cowl during Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne has Got lots of sex, but uh, Batman, I feel like, is just a, you know, a, a nine-year-old in a man's body. Just a man-child, right? <laughs> no, that makes sense. Yeah. He's just too, com he's too yeah. focused on, on fighting crime. On justice, vengeance. Vengeance but, and yeah. making things right or whatever it is, you know, pummeling yeah. criminals. Yeah, but I mean, most kind of sex addicts are stuck in that time of their life too, like mentally, in terms of like the psychological, like correlation. There, it's, it's. I mean, he could be a sex addict. I'm just Maybe. saying. Well, I get what Tilly's saying, where it's, um, it felt even though they went, it was R-rated. Yes. Wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't check apparently. Anymore. Yeah. I'm not sure. It, yeah. it, it was. They. I felt like they put that in there to get that rating. You know, because it's a cartoon, yep. no. even though it's not explicit. Uh, it's just more grown up than a Batman cartoon typically is. And it, the entire movie up to the, where the graphic novel starts felt like padding. Yeah. It was unnecessary. It felt like an apology. Yeah, it, it, was, it was kind of icky. <laughs> on the rooftop and they're yeah. fighting. Yeah. Hey, hey, kids, are the kids still here? Yeah. No, they, anyway, <laughs> literally, they just left. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> so. Okay, so it's really gross. It, it's unnecessary and forced. Yeah. Yeah, it's rapey. Yeah, it's kind of rapey, and it changes the dynamic and the reasons why Batman is goes to talk to the Joker. And for me, it's not the even the most offensive part. No. It, like there, there's, <clears throat> there are so many things that that first act of the of the film does um, with the characters that uh, that is is offensive. The the, the sex is, is kind of like oh okay this is something normal at least okay <laughs> here we go we can deal with this sex is normal it's it's okay you, you didn't I've seen like this before the um, offensive late nineties gay oh, stereotype gosh. friend uh, that that was honestly the part that pissed me off the most yeah it's pretty terrible. <laughs> Yeah. I, okay, I, I didn't have as much of a problem with Batgirl and Batman hooking up as you guys did. And the only reason being, uh, I had, did you guys read those Batman Beyond, uh, Batman Beyond 2.0, the Kyle Higgins mm -hmm. comics? They implied that pretty heavily in those comics. And so I'd already kind of been exposed to like in the animated series, maybe Batman and Batgirl kind of had this weird uh, sort of relationship there. And like you imagine she's in college and he's like maybe 30. So like, eh, it's but a, she had it's a, a relationship with Dick in that. She did. She did. So she did. But then, so in, in Batman Beyond 2.0, the sort of, not, not really retcon, but continuation is that there was sort of this love triangle after, this, after the series ended that kind of like went back and forth and ended up severing the connection between Bruce and Dick, um, as well as like putting Barbara in this weird place where she was kind of alienated and then ended up becoming the police commissioner and isolating herself from that sort of world. Um, and so I, I'd already been exposed to that. And so in, in that sense, when I saw that happen on screen, it wasn't so much of a surprise to me. It did, however, like it did bother me in the sense that it's like this was not something that was going on in the context of the Killing Joke graphic novel. However, I already have the Killing Joke graphic novel and I've already read that and that story exists on its own. And, and in terms of adaptation, I always view them as two separate things. And so I didn't mind that part of it as much as I minded some of the awful dialogue and yeah. the awful yeah. animation during yep. the musical. Yeah. Holy crap! I what thought was that? I'm a huge Kevin Conroy fan as Batman. His Batman is the, he is yeah, Batman. Yeah, he is the sure. Batman. He is Batman. His delivery in the movie is just so 
flat. I am not the only one that yeah. thought that. I, I, like, to, I can't speak bad about Kevin Conroy, but I kind of mm-hmm. feel like. But you can join in. Yeah. I, so I, so, yeah. so I, I had to look up on IMDb because I'm like, that's not that's like not it, Kevin yeah. Conroy, yeah. and I think Kevin Conroy is an, an actor and he's an artist and he is brilliant, and um, I mean, who went to the the Mark Hamill panel today? Okay. I mean, and he touched on this a little bit too. Table reads. Um, uh, you. They didn't do any table reads. So, if you look at Batman the Animated Series, um, which we all know very well, and that is our Kevin Conroy, that is our Batman. Um, I, I think both, both, uh, you know, Mark Hamill said this. We were, like, are we really doing this? Is this really the thing? And I think this was Kevin Conroy's. I mean, this is all. What I'm guessing. Conjecture. Yeah. This was his way of making sure that we didn't think that this was the same Batman, right? Mm. That this stood alone in its own story that had, because he, because he loves that character so much, and he has done so much to further that character and bring it to so many people that he would never want to do a disservice in doing that exact same voice mm. in the same way to think that, that the character we love so much would be such a misogynist and and, yeah. and wouldn't even call her. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the only problem. Yeah. yeah. Um, really though, I I I I've got to give him more credit than that because um, he is brilliant and he's so smart and I I think that was a choice he made in 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 the hopes that it would convey that that this is different. So Not the same. he made the choice to be flat. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I get yeah. that. At the same time, I don't know. He felt bored. He just I, felt he like he was like, like he reading the really lines. Wanting to be, yeah. Also, yeah, I feel like I feel like he may have been bored because, uh, and and Mark Hamill did touch on this in the in the panel is that they they didn't have any table read uh, for the the movie, which is almost unheard of in a lot of cases, especially for something so high budget. For, for animation an too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And not only that, but then their recording sessions were private. They weren't they weren't recording together. They weren't even in the same country for a lot of it. Um, and so it's it's hard to really like know what dynamic you're supposed to be going for when you have absolutely no clue who the person that you're quote unquote talking to is gonna say or how they're going to inflect or even like the backdrop of the scene. Like they pretty much rushed them in, went, okay, here's your lines, read over them once, and then do it. You know, and like I said, he didn't even get the complete script before they got like he literally got like in a sort of a bridge script that basically only had his lines and some of the surrounding ones because he was worried about spoilers is that why no well, no yeah <laughs> he was worried about spoiling the killing joke yeah. um no i think because i mean what he said at least this this morning was that he felt like it was um almost hidden from him i don't know almost like brian arizola hadn't finished it <laughs> Oh, that couldn't have possibly happened. Brian Azzarello not finishing something completely before it's released? Yeah. That never happens. You guys, has so, anyone been reading Dark Knight 3? That was the, what the joke was about. Anyway. Yeah. Don't remind me about that book. <laughs> so the whole talk on Kevin Conroy actually brings me to one of the topics here, which is voice acting in general. Conroy was flat, and, and he really didn't feel like he brought... Batman in the way that I read him when I read The Killing Joke to life. He he missed a lot of the subtlety of that story. Uh, But was it just Conroy? I mean, how was everyone else in it? How did, you know, was there any exemplary? Did anyone hit it exactly as you thought they would? Or were there some subtleties missing on all of their With as many times as I've read that book, I don't think it would ever sound the, the same as it goes in my head. And so I, I kind of, I gave it a lot of, um, I was very forgiving to the, to the film and the movie when I saw it. 
just like I didn't expect it to be exactly the voices in my head. I always read, every time I read Joker, it's always Mark Hamill, and, and whenever I read Batman, it's always Kevin right. Conroy yeah. in my head. Same. Yeah. But, you know, the, the way that they you know, embrace the words. And, yeah. Reflection and stuff. Yeah, yeah. like it's never going to be the same as the way I imagine it. So This might sound weird. I wasn't a fan of Ray Weiss as... Commissioner Gordon. I love Ray Weiss so much. He yeah. was the wrong choice. He was the wrong choice. Yeah. I think if they had gotten somebody that, um, I mean, again, it goes down to that flat delivery. Just read he didn't. He didn't sound anguished. He didn't sound like a man that was taken to his breaking point. Who was it that they had as Commissioner Gordon in uh, the year one animated movie? Does anyone that know? Was Brian Brian, Cranston, Brian Cranston, yeah. 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 That yeah. would have okay, been right. a much better That, that would have been awesome. Yeah, yeah. No wonder it was he great was, in yeah. year one. He was great. That's great. Brian Cranston, man. Yeah. Did right. you guys feel like it was um, like the, the pacing and tone was rushed? Like yeah. The, that yeah. They, yeah. the whole because thing. Because the whole the killing joke part was really short, right? I yeah. feel like it could have been dragged out. A lot, oh, yeah. not dragged. Dragged is the wrong word. Yeah. But I feel like they, they it could, could stretch, be stretched, embellish yeah. some yeah. of that. I, uh, I was disappointed by the beginning part, and then a lot of the stylistic choices in the adaptation of the graphic novel part. Mm -hmm. um, I was always a bigger fan of the original graphic novel before they recolored it. The, the original coloring. Yeah, oh, with yeah. the original coloring. Because you know what I really hate in this moody scary book is mood you know <laughs> and so they took it out for the new edition yeah yeah and they recolored it and balland himself recolored he it re he, which is he, he a did. shame because and if you can get your hands I, on an original get an original yeah, well, yeah the, the original uses color to emphasize the emotions exactly it's and amazing. so the color is really great and so i would have loved a more stylistic that would have been really cool too yeah killing joke you know what spend all take all the money you spent on that first with 30 minutes of nonsense that nobody really wanted or asked for <laughs> and or cared about and put it into that 45 minutes make it a 45 the, minute short film and, and yellows yeah instead of using that same kind of flat dc animation which can be good at times Get somebody else in there. Somebody that did like the Animatrix. Something that's stylistic or like the, and interesting to look at. Something that's more compelling. Because they took, this was their big shot. This is the last thing you ever expected to come to the small screen. You never expected them to do Killing Joke. There's no way they could do it. And you know what they did? They just kind of rushed it out. Yeah. And it was, then it's tragic that you've taken this epic story and kind of, brought it out to a shrug yeah it, i mean it's it's tough because they it feels like they wanted to first of all they were rushing it but then also they wanted to like not piss off alan moore in adapting it but i feel you, like you can't not piss well, and that's, and that's I, my I, point I, I, that's my I point i disagree i don't think that was the case you don't think, don't so? think they, they care could care less what alan, alan moore hates the killing joke well of course he does he he he, he says it is a a film that or uh, excuse me a book that uh because he hates anything that he did with dc well, yeah well that's so, my point like i don't think there's any uh, lip service or anything done to try and appease him. If anything, it was all to spite him. To to Bolins, uh, <laughs> who yeah. is who has actually shouldered the cause of re of recoloring it because, because he didn't he hate it when, he when the original the color. Yeah, he hated the original color. But the thing coloring. about it is, like, uh, comics just like film is a collaborative medium. Where yeah. you, I mean, if you have a you're a writer, you have a, a penciler, and you have a colorist, and, and everybody works together. And I love the original coloring because, uh, in, especially like in the Joker's origin part. 
it makes it seem kind of like a dream. Yeah, you're not sure if it's real or not. Kind of like, you know, you're going in and out. Like, it might not be real. Maybe it is, but... Yeah, he even goes as far as saying, he's like, I remember it differently yeah. at different times. Yeah. And so it's yeah. different in, in the, the deluxe edition. Yes. Right. It isn't as um, easy to understand what you've explained yeah. in that col so, recoloring. Right. And on, that, the, on the Batgirl stuff, it sounds like you guys all pretty much hated the Batgirl prequel stuff. I didn't. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like, so yeah. I, I, I didn't hate it i feel like they did it wrong I, I i agree for i agree with the reasons why they felt they needed to embellish a batgirl story okay. and make you care more about the character because she's in she's in this the killing joke story for like two seconds, know, two seconds. Yeah. right and that's and, that's kind and of the question and the reasoning behind crippling her is horrible yeah yeah, yeah. i mean you we have you guys heard the uh, when Alan Moore pitched crippling Batgirl, what the editor of DC Comics said. Who was yeah. it? Was, uh, Len Wein. Len Wein. Yeah, yeah, Len yeah. Wein. What does he say? Audience? No, he says he says cripple the bitch. Yeah. Because Alan Moore was asking, right? <laughs> was he yeah. like asking permission? Yeah, Alan Moore's like, is it all right? Because Batgirl hadn't really been appearing in comics at this point, and she was an addition. Barbara was an addition thanks to the uh, Adam West show, and. They, they didn't know what to do with her. And so, hey, can I destroy this character? And instead of saying, you know what, that's, that's fine, go ahead and do it. He says it in a horrible, misogynistic fashion. But, but <laughs> I, I, I believe, um, and, and I'm not, not to be an apologist. No, I, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think there was, um, there was so much leeway with the graphic novel because it was never meant to be part of continuity. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It was it, it was, was created as a as a one shot. Hey, uh, Alan Warren's doing a, a Batman book finally. Awesome. Do whatever you want. We don't care. It'll sell a gi million. Awesome. Right. Yep. And did. And, and it did <laughs> absolutely. Um, and and so I, I. But it was uh, it, after uh, Lane had wet, left. It was I, I forget the next uh, editor who decided to make it part of continuity. It was on Ostrander's Suicide Squad. Yeah, uh, uh, but I'm uh, the who editor. Was the editor? Was that, I can't um, remember who it was. But, Lean Legion, Legion guy. Lean we left like Lin right Lin. during production. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's that's why I think you get things like that. You get, uh, uh, yeah, fine, do whatever. Yeah, have her be raped. We, I, I don't care what you guys do. Like, this is not part of our character. And again, I, 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 I hate to like drive this point home, but again, this is why I think. You have these choices made because people who care about the characters didn't want them to be associated with them in the same way that they were in other ways. Yeah. Well, I mean, Len Wein accomplished a lot of great things in his career, but uh, e equality and fair treatment of uh, women and, and other races of characters was not one of those things. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. So, it sounds like when you say ruined the character, you don't like Oracle. No, uh, they didn't c set out to create Oracle. No. They set out to cripple the bitch. <laughs> True. And yeah. that's, I, I didn't like that. He didn't, okay. he didn't like, say... They didn't set out to create a, the first handy-capable superhero. Yeah. They, what they did is they crippled and it implied raped a member of the Batman family yeah. uh, in a comic book. And so that's what... It was, and it wasn't until later that they redeemed themselves with Oracle, right. who I do care for. Yeah, it is a, a good great character. Deal. Yeah, yeah. Good. Oracle's awesome. 
She was the best part of the freaking going back to No Man's Land, which is the best Batman story ever. Um, but uh, I, I'll fight you on it. Um, but Oracle was the best part of that story. I, I, I love No Man's Land. I will defend No Man's Land forever and ever. Yeah, there we go. One No Man's Land fan. Woo! You like, you. What, you like what you like. That's, there's nothing wrong nothing with wrong that. You're welcome to be wrong. That's fine. <laughs> Thank you, Doctor. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's figure we'll open up to some questions. Let's do it. You've had, well, there's, sorry, there's a guy that you've had your hand up a couple of different times. Yeah. We'll get both of them. What was, what was your hand up about? Okay. Okay. That makes sense. I, I see what you're saying there. I see what you're going for. Cool. What about you? Yeah. What did you guys like about the Batman? Okay. I liked the three <laughs> scenes that looked like the comic book. <laughs> <laughs> the, the three scenes that had style, and it was scary, and it w didn't happen enough. Instead of doing the whole thing in, in the stylistic fashion, it was just the three scenes, and it's the what with Joker at the door. Yep, Joker at the door then, was like uh, spot on. It was yeah, perfect. And then uh, there was a scene in the amusement park, and that like and him on the throne. But even then, without that color wash, it it wasn't as scary. I mean, it shouldn't look clear. I you know, I, I did pretty like I did I did kind of enjoy this movie like. I, I liked it. Yeah, actually. I liked most like, of it. I had a good time. And there I, was a couple problems I that I had, but for the most part, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. No, I went out, I went out feeling good. And honestly, like any line that Mark Hamill had outside of uh, the musical, I think he knocked out of the park. Like I, I really enjoyed hearing his interpretation of the like that classic dialogue, which was for the most part kept exactly as it was in the comic. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, I think Mark Hamill did a fantastic job. And I think some of the animation was really good. Um, I Some like of the, it was not. I, I like the musical number. I, really? I like. Yeah. I, I, I actually musical had to number. go back and look because I didn't remember the singing. I oh didn't, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. only like two panels, well, I, but I, it was just like I had completely <laughs> forgot. I was like, I, "What I am I watching?" And I go <laughs> grab my book, and I'm like, "Oh, I guess I kind of gloss over this every time no, I read it." I, I remember the singing, but I, but I agree with, the But I agree yeah. with you because I, I yeah. think that does. You know where that that is our one chance to kind of see this craziness, yeah. right? That, that that may not be conveyed in the flashbacks. We we get to see through this song that's so bizarre. He just starts singing and weird, but like turns into Willy something Wonka. the Joker would yeah. totally do, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I think um, I I almost think like to critique the film you have to, and I and I know Andrew's going to disagree with me, but. You have to ignore the source material and and see if it stands on its own as a film, um, because then then we can then we can look for things that we liked about it, um, or that or that we didn't like. But w when you're comparing the two, I, I it's, it, it's it's hard when you are dealing with an adaptation. Absolutely, in in anything, right? I mean. How many Game of Thrones fans are always like, "What? That's not correct." <laughs> you know what dead. I mean? Um, yeah. Or what? Yeah, exactly. So I. Uh, Looking at it that way, um, I, 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 I liked a lot of the parts of it. I think the, the film's biggest problem was the, the first act. Um, I think that 
Yeah, and and again, the the delivery is is very mm. flat from from Kevin Conroy. Aaron, you've been very silent, conspicuously I'm, silent yes. during this I'm, little I'm part. These guys duke it out. But no. did, so you should you should, you should throw some. Am I to take it from that that you didn't enjoy anything of this movie? No, I actually I did enjoy it. I agree with a lot of these with a lot of the comments. Like the first half of it felt very unnecessary, but I also see why it was necessary for people who might have not read the comic to get a little bit of background about about Barbara and everything like that to make the people actually care about her. So when she does get crippled, they're like oh. The Damn. thing is, like, I, I, I feel yeah. like if, if they wanted us to care more about yes. Barbara, if I were king of the world and I was on, you know, in the writing room, I would have made it a father-daughter story between Gordon and, and Barbara. Wait, yes. if you were king of the world, more about that. if you were king of the world, that was your first thing? That's yeah. where he starts, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We'll get to poverty later. <laughs> yeah. well, like, it's always deal with things we can comics. control. Yeah. yeah, like, it's always implemented in the comics that, like, Barbara does have a thing for Batman, I just yep. I really wish they would have just taken it another route. Yeah. yeah. I, I I I think we can all agree or hope that that was uh so Brian Arizello, for those who don't know, is uh he's he's a writer. He's known for his very gritty, dark, kind of cringeworthy stories. Um he himself <laughs> has tried to recreate the killing joke multiple times, yeah. Noel, Joker. Mm. Um and he had this chance. He had this chance uh. to leave his mark. Yeah. On the killing On the joke. source material, on something he's been trying to emulate. And if that was the case, um, I would hope, uh, and maybe we can just do a quick poll, like, for those who have hopefully seen it and you're in this panel, um, <laughs> did anyone, like, care more for her, for her after seeing that mess? It, I didn't. Let's do it by applause I, and then by booing. <laughs> who agrees by applause? Did anyone care more for Come her? On. Care more for her? Yeah, come on, people who cared more. Okay. And then, and then boos, if, if you, like, Cared less, maybe even after that first act. <laughs> the big question. I like the goat Jedi in the front row. That was good. Yeah, goat Jedi's. Yeah. The big question for me on that is is not so much for those who knew the source material. It's for those who didn't know the source material. Is there anyone here that didn't know the source material going in? Applause. So two, people. Yeah, two, two people. people. Okay. Two people. Okay. okay. Yeah. What did both of you think specifically? Starting on the left here, since we haven't heard your voice yet. Yes. The, the whole prequel, did it make you care for Barbara when she got shot, or were you kind of... Yeah. Okay. Boom. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so it did what it needed to, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah and yeah. Batman Beyond. Right. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. 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 Yep. Everyone felt that I way. I agree with like everything Sweaty you just said. Sweaty and uncomfortable. And then <laughs> it, you, you clapped when we said that, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's okay. Do it. It's fair. I'm the same way. I hate it when people push stuff on me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at you directly, Andrew. So did it make you care for her? Like, did it, did it do its job, the prequel stuff? Okay. It's supposed to be random because he wasn't shooting Batgirl. He was just shooting whoever answered the door. Well, so I he think was that shooting Gordon's daughter, I think. More I, than I anybody think, who answered feeling, the door. I have a feeling if Sarah Essen opened that door, she would be the one in the wheelchair. And then he would have shot Gordon's what if, daughter. What if Jim Gordon opened the door, though? Well, 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 no, that was Barbara's apartment. Yeah, yeah. So, so he, I he think was he going clearly went with Barbara. that intention. And then it was like, oh, hey, Jim Gordon's here, too. That's sweet. Bonus. Do you um, think he planned it out? 
I don't know. Do you think I, the Joker I would, plans anything? I wouldn't he put does. anything. I guess past he did plan him. that whole book. I think huh? he does. I think yeah. he plans all. He planned a lot of things. I wouldn't put it past him. He plans in the crazy way. I. That's. Well, so I do think to 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 her point. I, it brings up a good question of, do you think that a movie like this, an adaptation of The Killing Joke, should be more accessible? Because obviously the graphic novel itself doesn't really hold much water if you don't know much about the characters in the Batman universe. So do you think that the film adaptation, which is obviously going to be seen by a lot more eyes than the comic book, uh, should be also able to be accessible by people who haven't read the graphic novel, or do you disagree with that? Yeah, it should, well, everything should be more accessible. The, uh, the film needs to stand on its own, like they said. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, they just did a poor job of setting up that arc and setting up the characters in a way that we would care about them. So it's not so much the Batgirl stuff beforehand, but the sex beforehand. Well, no, it's, no, it's the, the problem is that it's not well done at, in any it, form. Yeah, it's it, the fact it, that he makes her look like a horny teenager that can't control herself and that she's going to, like... Chase Fair. after this guy named Paris. <laughs> His name is Paris. Shouldn't he have his own reality TV show where he goes and does like farm work? I that was a little weird. <laughs> like they acknowledged it, Come but why? On. <sighs> it was weird because yeah. they did acknowledge it, but it's like why? Why you know it's ridiculous? Why would you just not give him a real name? It be just be wasn't very because good. acknowledging that you're doing something wrong does not make it okay that you're doing something wrong, people. <sighs> what I, uh, right. I have a question for the the comic book shop guys: How many copies of Killing Joke sold? Oh, in throughout this whole. Oh, I actually have a funny whole, story about that. Thing. When um a. About two months ago, after they had announced The Killing Joke, but way before it came out, a little person came into the store and said, I want to look at this Killing Joke comic. I've heard good things. He takes a copy down off the shelf, oh, no. goes over to our uh, reading area, and he oh, starts no. reading it, and he's just like, I can't believe they're they depicted little people like this. And oh. he starts yelling and screaming and that's when I said hey Dave I gotta get back to work and <laughs> let David deal with that um, so I'm not quite sure how it resolved itself but I know he didn't buy a copy <laughs> yeah well, that's unfortunate yes what it about? is unfortunate that is, that is really like that is a hard one for, for a little person that to pick up the first yeah, yeah. That but really we have sold it's always a good selling book yeah it's always it's always on standing order so yeah. it's but it's, it's always been that way. It's always been. Yeah. That's yeah. That's kind of the no same change. in my shop. It's I haven't been, seen a notice. I have you noticed sold. more people come in asking about it though? And no. It? Uh, we other than the angry little person. <laughs> that's one of the most commonly asked for books yeah. in general. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's the only one I stock as deep as I do on, and I still have to reorder every week. Yeah. Even more than Watchmen. Uh, it's the deepest stocked wow. book, that's and awesome. I actually sell Nailbiter better than just about anything else. But. Oh. Yeah, weird other topic. <laughs> but no, I mean, it, we definitely got a lot of questions for it. And a lot of people did mention once they said that it was you know, like, oh, it's coming out. I want to read the source material first. But it was ne not necessarily an uptake. Mm. I think it was just people That's that interesting. were like, oh, I've been meaning to read this. Mm -hmm. It's time to read so it. So I always figure like with, with these um, comic book adaptations, whether it's animated or, or live action, yep. the, the best thing about it, whether, whether the movie sucks or not, is that it, it gets people buying more comics. But it sounds like... I noticed, with, with I've, I've noticed a like 500% increase in Doctor Strange interest. Yes. yes. But not so much Batman. Yeah. And Suicide Squad Yeah, Batman v Superman, 
didn't really touch our uh. sales at all for some reason well, we won't they, get into those oh, <laughs> that's a different panel when they, so when they suddenly this is like a random question you can answer quickly if you want but when they like right before these movies come out like they started reprinting John Ostrander's Suicide Squad and like they did the same with some of the Frank Miller stuff before Batman v mm -hmm. Superman I mean do those sell immediately when they start restocking those or not? the Suicide Squad has had a little interest but not mm. much uh, like I said Doctor Strange. Hmm. Right. Start stalking Doctor Strange, Charles, if you haven't already. I, oh, <laughs> trust me, we <laughs> <Yeah>. have. <laughs> so it is, it is, that is, and then Marvel's coming out with a whole bunch of stuff that has never been collected before for Doctor cool. Strange. Yeah. Yeah. So you can actually get to know the character. All right, so yeah. enough shop talk. We got a question. Yeah. <laughs> Two questions. This, this guy right here in the Mortal Kombat hat, and then we'll go back there. That's a good question. Uh, I think that both are implied and are, are deliberately left ambiguous. Yeah. yeah. Alan Moore does one thing well, and it's make you ask questions about the material you just read. Which and make you, you uncomfortable. Back. Yeah, and make you uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Sure. Yeah, no, uh, I think, I mean, the way, the way I've, I've interpreted it, um, I, it, it, and, and I don't know. I d yeah, it is. That's that a is difficult, difficult question because I think for the most part, um, I, I mean, I didn't catch the rape at, at 12 years old. No, right? I, I didn't. Yeah, no. And, I, and yeah. I didn't catch uh, the, the, the killing him at the end at, at, at what age I, I caught on. I, I don't know. Yeah, it wasn't but, until Grant Morrison said something that you noticed Joker's laughter stop. But in the last once, panel. yeah, once, and it, yeah, I don't, I don't know when I first figured it out or was told that. Now I can't not see it. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And and so I. I well, you and I, I had a real lengthy discussion when we, we found out we were on this panel together. We did. Um, heated texting back and forth. <laughs> um, you should see caps. their phone screens. Completely yeah, exactly. From there, all right. but there was some rage. Yeah. I I don't think he kills him at the end. No, there's I a do. lot. There is I do. sufficient I do. evidence to infer that he kills sure. him at the right. end. Yeah. But this is my opportunity to project myself. Right, exactly. Onto exactly. It. And that's you know? what's so yeah. great about yeah. it is exactly. that it is so open yep. that you can you can be right. And right. Yeah. And I, I've always looked at it as it depends on where you see the, the storyline taking place. If it's in continuity, exactly. of course he doesn't kill the Joker. Really quick, yeah. because before, yeah. before we get to her question, we need Aaron's feedback on whether she yes. thinks he killed him or not. I honestly never, I honestly never actually thought about that. So I'm like, after like nice. get back from like the con and everything like that, I'm gonna go through and I'm gonna reread the comic and reread the well, rewatch the movie because I never got the implication that he may or may not have killed him. Like I never thought about that. Like the whole like rape, I'm like okay may or may not have, but the whole killing part, I never actually thought about that until you brought it up. It is very so, ambiguous. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, you do see his hand. Question. Yeah. We got it. We got, we, we, we we got it. Just a couple minutes left, sir. So. Great question, though. It felt out of character, right? Yeah. Yeah, it definitely. It's, you felt awkward She was in college, it. though. Yeah. I mean, she wasn't a kid. She wasn't. Well, no, she's not a kid, but... It, we, yeah. Yeah, and and she I never slept with Robin I either. Well, well, actually, I, I can talk to you about that yeah, for there, a long time. Are, be be sure to check day. out our evolution of Batman panel tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Putting it in um, my calendar. But, no, it's Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. Saturday. Um, yeah, Saturday. The, and I forget what the dialogue is exactly, but he says something af like directly after it happens that's so dismissive, 
um, that it's, it's something like you're not even ready or something like that, where I, it just like, I don't care about anyone now at this point. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like they're, they're trying to make me. There's no likable people in this scenario. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. The, Batman. I sympathize the most with the Joker in this. <laughs> yeah, he's True. just trying to kill people. Yeah, yeah. At least we know what he's doing. All right, guys, we got time for <laughs> one real quick one. Additional reading Question. after the killing joke. So, sadly, this isn't in print right now, but it is coming back into print. Batman Strange Apparitions. Mm. It's yeah, the late good. 70s, early 80s Batman by Marshall Rogers, and it's what the animated series was based on. Yep. Oh, cool. so, I didn't yeah. even know that. Yeah. Do we? I love um, both Year One and Dark Knight Returns, kind oh. of the bookends. Aaron? I absolutely love the Hush... Oh, yeah, yeah. Hush is pretty yeah. fantastic. fantastic. Good. And uh, No Man's Land. Even though No Man's Land is the best. long, <laughs> it's awesome, but it's definitely worth it. Um, uh, for Night me, fall, it's yeah. uh, Ed Brubaker's Gotham City Central. Oh, that's good. Mm, that's the, the second that's volume, one. the uh, what is it called? Mammon and Jokers? Yes. Yeah, that the, one's so the, good. the whole series. I mean, that's that should be in everyone's library. The, it's Fantastic. It's like Law and Order, but in Gotham City. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. Batman's barely in it, but you you follow but the lives of these is, yeah. cops that have to deal Montoya with Mr. Freeze and the Joker. Yeah. And it's, it's scary. Yeah. yeah it's, it, it, it's fantastic. It's yeah. Brubaker at his best. Uh, I'm going to actually write on the coattails. I thought you were going to steal mine, but you didn't. Uh, Ed Brubaker's The Man Who Laughs. Um, if you're looking for more oh, Joker yeah. stuff, I think that was really well done. Um, in addition to yeah. Volume 2 of Gotham Central, more Joker stuff. Um, and then also, like, just for a, a really good Batman story, freaking year one, like that, I, it's, it's, it never gets old. Like, it doesn't age at all, and it's amazing because Frank Miller's work oftentimes ages pretty poorly. Um, but I, I love year one. Okay. And uh, for me, I'm just going to, he stole mine. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, Court of Owls. Just jump oh, yeah. into the new yeah. stuff. Scott Snyder, Snyder stuff is Snyder. fantastic. All right, guys, that's it. Thanks for coming. Let's do it real quick. Thank you. Remember to rate the channel. That wraps up episode number three of Death Ray Comics. I hope you enjoyed it. What did we miss? What blatantly obvious controversy or good part or bad part did we leave out? Let us know. Go to our Death Ray Comics Facebook page or Death Ray Comics on Twitter and uh, let me know what we missed and uh, I want to talk to you about it. Additionally, if you've got suggestions for Batman reads or want to pick up one, let me know. We can get you headed in the right place. So, thanks for listening. As always, our music is by the one, the only, Megaran. There's a link to his website, megaran.com, on our website. That's it for this week. And until next time, keep your nose in the comic book. You, 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 you have been listening, listening to another podcast, podcast brought to you by Death, 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 Death Ray Media. Scrag-ow!